0: got a fever, and the only prescription. It's not. Ah! This yo, yo. is the Cigar Authority. It's the biggest helicopter leasing event in the Western Hemisphere since 1997. The authority like Kobayashi on everything cigar. The cigar takes time. Yeah. That's the whole key. And out yeah. of the cigar <laughs> industry. It's in the hole. With your host. Hey, D-Man. David. David Garofalo. What, who are you? Julius Caesar? Who the hell is Julius Caesar? You know I don't follow the NBA. Mr. Jonathan. I know who I am. I'm a- playing the- Barry Stump. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And Chuck Morrison. 60% of the time, it works every time. It's time to light them up. Screw it, let's let them do it. It's time. It's uh, a win win for me. For the Cigar Authority. I
1: gotta have more.
0: Saturday, February 10th,
2: 2017. It's the Cigar Authority. Broadcasting live from the Florida Dominicana Cigar Studio, live at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, a snowy New Hampshire. Today I am large and in charge, both literally and figuratively, as David Garofalo is in Nicaragua with his trusty sidekick, the boy wonder, Mr. Jonathan. Today we will take a look at the time-honored tradition of sports and cigars as we welcome Chuck Morrison
3: to this side of the camera at the bottom of the hour. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location and the only show that just doesn't allow smoking. We insist, we demand that you light up along with us. Tune in to thecigarauthority.com where you can watch live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, where you can set it and forget it. And now we are on Facebook Live. And a little bit of uncharted waters. A little bit. In the
2: past, Dave would travel. He would pre-record the show. Wouldn't trust anybody else in the driver's seat of this short bus. This (laughs) week, he decided to put us in charge. Interesting experiment. Will we pass? Will we fail? High risk. High risk. Huge risk. risk. Either either there's some trust or he's getting a little, uh, losing his mind a little bit. (laughs) One has to wonder. Is he
3: working or is he on vacation? Uh, it's probably a working vacation-type yeah. trip. Okay. Um, Dave's never on vacation. right? Never.
2: No. I, I, since I've been here for three years, I haven't known him to take a day off I love that.: So the other day it snowed a foot, and he still took the drive, half hour, 40 minutes to come to the store where I work in Nashua. Yeah. so I couldn't call him sick. If he's making a trip, I have to make the trip. Even if you're sick, even if I'm sick. I got a question.
4: Before you answer it, over under, uh, I'm going to set of that, uh, I'll set it at 50, 50 customers that day. You guys stayed open? No. Under? under way under. under? How many customers did you guys see? You know,
2: I was, I'm in the mail order thing, but I'm going to
3: say it was probably around 30, 35. Okay. You want to see Brooks? Yeah. 17. Wow. <laughs> 10 hours. Wow.
2: So this week, we're going uh, to light up the Nat Sherman Timeless, which is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package. And uh, Derek is going to tell us a little bit about the cigar.
3: you dang right I am. So today we're smoking the Nat Sherman Timeless. The Nat Sherman Nicaragua Timeless Collection began the new look and feel for Nat Sherman as the world-renowned brand stepped into the modern arena under the guidance of Michael Herr Everything about this cigar is modern, from the band to the box to the artwork, and most importantly, a new style of flavor. Made in Nicaragua, under the supervision of Nestor Placencia, the sharply box-pressed cigar features a dark Nicaraguan Habano wrapper over binders and fillers from the Central American country. The cigar was part of this month's cigar authority care package and has an MSRP of 919 to 1019. currently.
2: Preach it, preaching it. So it's time to cut out cigars. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo was the brand that, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the Federal S-Chip tax and lowered them. You. Per- Wait a minute. Will you messed that up. I missed the, the
4: snap. That's like the Perdomo, yeah.
2: Cut out. Perdomo cut
5: out, out the Federal S-Chip <laughs> tax
2: and lowered them. Perdomo Cigars. They stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. 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 Thank you. See, so you, you've,
4: yeah. you've done this before. I have. Yeah.
2: Usually at the beginning of the show, I'm so worried everything's going live. I never do the, uh, the cut on the mic. Yeah. So I just blew through it. You haven't coughed yet, though. No, it's Not. gotten a little better, but thank you for jinxing me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so the one thing we don't do when Dave is here is usually we just go quick into the light. But when I smoke a cigar, I like to smell the foot, do the cold drawer, because it helps open up the palate. It helps open up the senses, and it's something we skip over. And the one thing that you'll notice with the Nat Sherman Timeless on the cold drawer, you're going to get a little bit of spice Mm. from the Nicaraguan tobacco. But the foot of the cigar is going to be a little bit sweeter. So, you know, it kind of opens up the the mindset to that spicy and to that sweetness that is about to become the Nat Sherman Timeless. You
3: can understand where the cigar is going to go before you get it lit Hmm. by doing that. And that's something that I always do in my ritual before I even touch flame to tobacco.
2: If you look at CigarAuthority.com when we review a cigar before we get into the first third of the smoke, we actually take a look at the pre-light drawer and the, uh, the aroma off of the foot. Uh, but I guess it's now time to light the cigar.
3: And today we are lighting our cigars with the Black Label Dominator. This is a massive cigar because we have a massive gentleman in charge of the show today. Take offense to that. The Black Label Dominator retails for sixty nine ninety nine, but this looks like it could be easily a $150 lighter. It is a quad jet torch featuring the big-ass fuel tank. Patented. Patented big-ass fuel tank. <laughs> and it has two, count them, two punch cutters that come out the side here along with a slick pair of cigar scissors nice. on the other. It's like a little Swiss Army knife built into a lighter. You know it what's is.
4: next? These lighters are going to have, like,
3: Razors, yep. toothpicks. Well, this oh, one kind of reminds knives. me of an old Norelco razor. Yeah, size. absolutely. They're going to have a Wi Fi hotspot built in soon. A- that's what I'm saying. That's what's going what to happen. Saying. It's
2: going to become a phone. A cell phone case with a torch
3: built in. Yeah. A- that's a million dollar idea. Well, I don't know about that, but GoFundMe. We should start it up. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are doing that nowadays, GoFundMe, with everything. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. So the boys, not, not a bad thing at all. So the boys
2: flew out of Logan Airport. Yep. They left uh, Salem at 3.30 in the morning. They met here at the parking lot. And they're going to wind up in Esteli, Nicaragua. They're going to fly into uh, Managua. And then it's a two, two-and-a-half-hour bus ride from Managua to Esteli. On the, I think it's called the Pan American Highway. It is the filthiest highway you will ever see. Terrible. It's, it is it's terrible. like knee-deep in garbage on both sides of the road. You got, like, these houses with no doors, no windows. Kids playing in the, w- would be their front yard. So it's like New York. Basically. <laughs> but like, the, like the, when I went there, and, and Derek's been on a, on a trip before to the factory, and we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, when I drove and I saw all these kids playing, you know, no air conditioning, no windows, living off the land. If there was ever a war between U.S. and Nicaragua, their kids would kick our asses. Yeah. Because our kids want to stay at home, play Call of Duty. These
3: kids are going out there and they're killing their lunch with their bare hands. That's intimidating. Definitely, just a little, just a little. So, you're, uh, and you're lucky if you get pavement on that stretch of road, too. Yeah,
2: and if you do get pavement, you get yeah. in some massive potholes. There's yeah. no infrastructure. Yeah. It's it's really it's a third world. Country. No speed limits either. No, you'll see people riding on a motorcycle. You'll have like 10 or 12 people on one motorcycle. You'll have, you'll have like t- two kids on the handlebars. You'll have the, the, the guy steering the bike. Then you'll have three kids between him and his wife sandwiched on the bike. <laughs> weaving in and out of traffic. It, it's just it's insane.
3: While we're here, I think I'm going to look up the, uh, the average age of people that are currently living in Nicaragua.
2: There's a lot of kids. A there are A lot of, a lot of kids. Of kids. But, and I mean, and, and, how does that, how do, you, how
3: do you survive being 12 people through a motorcycle for very long? There's got to be more vehicular
2: homicides in that country than anywhere else in the world. Or even in Dominican Republic, it's the same way. Oh, yeah. But if anybody's never been to a cigar factory trip, going on a trip will change the way you look at cigars. You know, you go into a cigar shop. You haven't been into a factory. You, you see the price, and, you know, you, you have cigars from $3 and change all the way up to $33 and change. Um, Gerker even has a $100 cigar out there. And it just doesn't make sense. It's like tobacco. But Mm. if you go to the factory and you see all the work that's done on the fields, you see all the work that's done in the curing barns, you see all the work that's done with the fermentation, the color sorting, the stripping of the tobacco veins, the the making of the blend at the roller's table. And then the cigars from there, they're going to go into an aging room. And in the aging room, they're going to sit there anywhere from Three months to, in some cases, there are cigars that are aged for 10 years before they'll come out to the market. So you add all this up, and all of a sudden, you got a cigar. All right, you know what? I don't mind paying $18 for that cigar Mm. because I saw all the work that's gone. And you can go on these factory tours. Like, you don't have to be a retailer like David and Jonathan, and, and that's, not the only way you can go. You know, if you go to Nicaragua, you can arrange a trip a uh, tour of the factories, if you call them events. Hmm. You know, even in the Dominican Republic, in Santiago, you have La Aurora, La Aurora, right on TripAdvisor. It's one of the suggested things to do in the Dominican Republic. It will change the way you look at tobacco. It
3: changed my life for a while. It really did. And you went on Cigar Safari. I went down with Drew Estate, yes, sure. sir. And uh, that was that was the most eye-opening experience of my entire life when it came to not just cigars but uh people as well because there's a lot there's a the the culture down there is so unique and there are so many different walks of life mm. in that country it really opens your eyes to the world mm. but uh cigars i mean after i came back from that trip I, I felt i felt like i was depressed because i'm i'm a wicked cigar geek as are you yes. and you get exposed to all of that information and all of the, the life down there that revolves around cigars. And before you go, you think you know a lot. And then you get there and you realize you know nothing. And you come back and you think that you know everything all over again. And it puts your mind through this. I don't even know how to describe it. I felt depressed it's when I came of, back. It's one
2: of my biggest pet peeves. You know, I, I spend a lot of time on social media and you see these people in various groups or on their personal Facebook pages thinking they know everything about tobacco. The moment you think you know everything about tobacco, you know nothing about tobacco. Because even Jaime Garcia, who who makes cigars, he does the master blender for uh, my father's cigars. A couple years ago, he created a brand new seed never seen before, H2KCT, basically taking a Habano 2000 wrapper and, I guess, crossbreeding it or whatever with a Connecticut wrapper. And... If he thought he knew everything, he wouldn't have tried something new. Mm. So it's a constant learning process. And it, it definitely it's, it's, it alters the way you look at cigars. And I think more factories need to do it on a regular basis because right
3: now brand loyalty is very, very poor, in my opinion, mm. in the cigar industry. There's hardly any brand loyalty anywhere, yeah. uh, even when it comes to things like alcohol or beer and things like that. No one rarely stays with the same brand. Because you want to explore. You want to see what's out there. Not only what's new,
4: but what's good and what's, you know, from different regions. And I think about like the craft beer industry. You see that a lot. There is no loyalty. You might go back to something occasionally, but you want to explore. And I think that's what's neat about premium cigars is that there's so much out there. Quality. I mean, it's premium quality stuff here. It's Mm -hmm. not a limited selection to choose from. And that's kind of the exciting part. Of being a cigar aficionado, if
3: you will, and that unfortunately is something that might go away in the yeah. future. Right, we're going to lose that exploration part of our cigar enthusiast life. Yeah. It's going to disappear. Yeah, I mean, everybody, a lot—not everybody, but the majority—people of people come into
2: a store now and they ask, "What's new?" Yeah, in two thousand and eighteen, what's new will cease to exist.
3: It's soon going to be what's good. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's the question
2: everybody should ask. Mm-hmm. Same thing with craft beer. Yeah, you know, there, there are so many beers out there that if you grab the wrong one, you're going to be turned off to the whole craft beer industry. Yeah. Same thing with cigars. You know? If you go to a good tobacconist, the people at the store can ge- uh, uh, push you in the right direction to find the cigar that could be new, but it could also be good. You know, it, for a while, they, they were, you know, especially in the boom, everybody was coming out with a cigar. There were so many dog rockets. I mean, it was, it was just out of control. At least now it's gotten better, you know, the guys that are coming out with good cigars. But, you know, some companies, I hate to say it, but they put out a cigar just for the sake of, you know, I need something new for my portfolio instead
3: of concentrating on what's good. Yeah, and they don't really work on what they're mm. pushing out. It mm. might just be something that they threw together with some scraps left over from the factory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we need to use this. Let's make a new cigar. And it turns out to be, like you said, a dog rocket. Yeah.
4: Well, I wish I wish the guys were here a little bit because – you're right. I mean, go, having, the, having the, the benefit to explore a true tobacco factory um, is an amazing experience. But from what I hear, let's reveal where they are. They're at the Perdomo yep. factory. They're
2: down there as guests of uh, Nick and Janine Perdomo.
4: Which I hear amongst all manufacturers as far as plantations go and plants. Yep. This is the standard. This yeah, well the his top of the top. his
2: factory does it all from seed to the boxes to to every aspect of getting the start the cigar on market is he's completely vertical. That's right. And they also went down with an employee, Tim Dennehy, who works at two Guys smoke shop and I can guarantee you when Tim comes back, he will smoke Perdomo's almost loyal, uh, loyally mm. for at least at least a significant amount of time. Yeah. Because he will his entire outlook will
4: change. Yeah. And I don't know how many employees they have working down there. But what I do know, because I've heard this from the mouth of the man himself, is that Nick knows everybody by first name.
3: And that's crazy to think of because when I went down and I saw Drew Estate, they have hundreds upon right. hundreds of people right. in that factory rolling cigars all day. Like a machine. I like mean, a machine. Yeah. It was, and, and they have multiple rooms filled with all these people doing the same thing. And to be able to know... Every person that works there—that's an impressive feat. I can barely remember my girlfriend's name in the morning. <laughs> you know, it's it gets it gets nerve wracking. But yeah, he's an he's an impressive person. He's a smart guy, Nick Perdomo. Yeah, he is. He and they
4: do it right. And like Barry said, it's completely vertical. So this is this is the the, the, the full you know the full Monty, mm-hmm. um, all aspects. So to get to again not only see a, a cigar plant or a plantation, if you will, a factory, but to see all facets of production from start to finish. I have to imagine, is a, is a special experience. And I hope, I hope, I mean, I, I kind of nudged Dave to do this and Jonathan a little bit, but I hope they're, they're getting some good videos, some good pictures to bring back and kind of share with everyone that may not have that luxury of, you know, traveling to Nicaragua or, yeah. or Dominican Republic. I've
2: been pushing for doing a show live from one of the factories. Yeah,
4: I don't know how the tech is down there. But. Yeah,
2: it's it's not good. Although Dominican Republic, it is a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, the owner of Laura Rohrer, he owns the uh, internet company down there. So. Oh, really? Yeah, so in his factory he has... Really good Wi-Fi. Well, there we go. Have you ever been on a trip like that? I haven't, man. The closest was when we went to Connecticut. What was it? Yeah. A year, it, was, it was a year ago or two years ago this summer. That would be two years ago, and uh, that was your first time in a in a cigar a tobacco field.
4: Yeah, and it was it was incredible. I mean, so it was in Connecticut, which it's Connecticut. No offense to Connecticut, I love you, baby, yeah. but <laughs> uh, it's Connecticut. But you would have thought you were in Nicaragua or the Dominican Republic or Costa Rica or insert. You know, exotic country here. It was just, you're surrounded by these uh, tobacco plants, and it was a very distinct smell, uh, aroma. You, again, you would not know that you were literally just a few miles away from, from a concrete jungle mm-hmm. um, in certain areas of uh, Connecticut there. But, yeah, it was really neat. Then, then the barn that we did the show from, Barry, you remember right, that? Right, yeah, the curing barn the where curing the tobacco's barn. hung to dry. Yeah, we had Chris Topper out to join us, yep. and, you know, I think You'll, that's his family's farm. Or,
2: right, yeah, it's been in a farm he's worked with for a long time. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, not only that will that change your life, but also a cigar will change your life if it's tied into a special moment. And this week, a lot was made in the cigar community about Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, handing out cigars when the New England Patriots celebrated their fifth Super Bowl and the greatest comeback in the history of the big game. After the game, the cigar of choice was a Padron Padron Imperial Maduro. But the history of cigars and sports goes way back. Babe Ruth was said to enjoy a cigar before the game, and there was even a famous picture of him getting a haircut on the diamond before a game while enjoying a cigar. However, it isn't all fun and games, as in 1990, when the Cincinnati Reds won the National League Central, they lit up cigars in celebration. The action resulted in five rats calling the Cincinnati Health Department hotline as they were upset that the Reds were violating the Ohio smoking ban. The city wound up conducting inspections of the clubhouse at the taxpayer's expense. Meanwhile, in Florida, cigar smoking and baseball is rewarded, as the city of Miami welcomed and loved Jack McKeon, the one-time manager of the Marlins, who often lit up in the dugout hours before game time, and the same could be said for the one-time manager of the Atlanta Braves, who was photographed smoking a cigar in the dugout in the middle of a spring, spring training game. But cigar smoking also goes hand-in-hand with basketball. The most famous of all cigar smokers in sports for today's era is Michael Jordan, However, before the greatest of all time played the game, basketball legend Red Auerbach used to come into 2 Guys smoke shop to buy his Hoya de Monterey double Corona, double Claro, which they would refer to as a double-double. And he would often smoke those inside the Boston Garden and at times on the bench while coaching the Celtics. When I worked for Miami Cigar and Company, the Miami Heat were in the middle of a run of championships, and we were in full-court press mode to get our cigars in the locker room for the celebration. Our efforts were a success when Dwayne Wade was spotted with a La Aurora Ruby prefer- Preferito at Live, a popular club in South Beach that's part of Fountain Blue, where the teams partied until morning. But for me, my favorite sport is hockey. I played it as a kid. My goal one day is to lace up a pair of skates and play the game again. And the Stanley Cup has been used for bathing children, a water bowl for the family pet, and for a bowl of fruit lips. But the bowl part of the Stanley Cup looks a lot like a little stinky ashtray. Dave Anderchuk, when he played for the Tampa Bay Lightning, was said to make sure that he had a mobile cigar lounge at games so he could light up a cigar with teammate Stan Necker. But much like the Cincinnati Reds had an issue, so did the Canadian women's hockey team who won gold in Vancouver in 2010. The team was photographed smoking cigars on the ice after the crowds were gone, and they caught hell for it. As the that. act was not considered to be in the lines with the value of sport, according to one official. But I guess that official never witnessed Martin Brodeur of the New Jersey Devils lighting up a cigar at a press conference when he won the Stanley Cup, or other NHL greats such as Tony Esposito and Mario Lemieux who were photographed smoking a cigar. Some other famous smoking athletes include David Ortiz, who has his own cigar, Gary Sheffield, who has his own cigar, Sammy Sosa, Alex Rodriguez, Joe Torre, Ray Lewis, who has his own cigar, Steve McNair, Steve Butkus, Dick Butkus, rather, Mike Ditka, who has his own cigar, Don Shula, Terry Bradshaw, Shaquille O'Neal, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Schumacher, James Tony, Ricardo Mayorga, and Davis Love III. Chad Johnson,
4: Kevin Garnett, I mean...
2: The list goes on and on. Fact is, cigar sports go hand in hand. Athletes who spend hours a day staying in shape to perform at optimal skill levels still find the time to enjoy a cigar and the relaxation that goes with it. It's amazing. Did you get to go in the locker room and get one of the padrones that Kraft was hanging out? Great question,
4: man. Unfortunately, not. And uh, I was asked that a lot. um, You know, from my my, my fellow brothers that smoke cigars. Uh, I heard it was a very special moment. um, You know, inside the locker room there. Unfortunately, at that period of time, I was in the uh, the the special post game conference room that was set up for the winning coach and the winning MVP. As we know, the Patriots won, so I, I was kind of in that room waiting for Coach, waiting for Brady to come out and and, uh, you know, fulfill their obligations to speak to the press. But um, I did have a chance because I know a few of the coaches. I know a few of the guys that will partake in in cigar smoking occasionally and, uh, um, you know, heard about it, heard what the cigar was. Um, They were really respectful. Some guys, I don't think, realized what they were receiving as far as quality goes. Of course, I think some of them just think a cigar is a cigar. Others really understood, you know, the quality of the cigar, what it was, um, and we're really appreciative. So I, I know it was a special moment. And, uh, look, it's one of those things where I, I, I think what makes cigars so neat and, and so special, at least for me, because, you know, I don't – you guys know that I don't smoke that often, as much as you guys at least. Yeah. So when I do light up a cigar, uh, it's celebratory. You know, it, it's, it's for something special. Um, whether it's just I'm in a good mood and I just want to have a nice night and whatever it may be, but um, to, to, to have a cigar – after something as monumental as a championship of what we saw and what they experienced, I'm sure, was pretty damn sweet. Did
2: you get a chance, and we're going to talk to you more in the next half hour, but did you get a chance to go to the Mike Ditka uh, cigar event leading up to the Super Bowl? I
4: did not, no. No, my, I did go to a cigar bar. Uh, it was either Monday night or Tuesday night when we first went out there, when we first flew out during the week. They had a, uh, like a media party type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really neat. It was at their Houston's Museum of Science. So it felt like a night at the museum. The museum was completely closed down, except mm. for us. They had some live music. I mean, everywhere you looked was, a, was an open bar. And outside in the back was a cigar bar. And sure as S, I won't swear. You can bet where I was all night. I uh, was out there, and I met some really great guys. In fact, in the second hour, maybe I'll give a shout-out. But um, they actually listen to the Cigar Authority. They're familiar with our show. My apologies to them. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> uh, Patriots fans from Houston, which was kind of neat. But that was really my only uh, my only cigar experience uh, until after the game when, you know, I did have a few cigars on me. So I had some.
2: John Carney, who just joined our Facebook uh, live chat room, he was down in Texas doing a whole yeah. bunch of events during Super Bowl week. Yeah. Uh, but – I guess you didn't run into him either, but...
4: No, and he, he's, John Carney, I know you're listening, man. I love you, buddy. He sent me a text saying, uh, you know, I'm not sure how intense your schedule is, what, what your uh, you know, accommodations are like, but if I can find you, I'll get a cigar and a drink with your name on it. So Debonair played by him, and unfortunately we didn't get a chance to connect, but uh, I'm sure we will, and I'm sure we'll be reliving our, our, our Super Bowl stories and doing so
2: over cigar. Well, the Super Bowl turned out to be a great matchup, but it's not the matchup of the week. Ding, ding, ding means the sound for the matchup of the week, brought to you by VS Cigars. VS means, but sta- means versus, but it also stands for Victor St. Clair. Victor St. Clair Cigars. Who would win this hypothetical matchup? Bring it, baby. What do you got? One was a fictional story and released in 1972. The other was based on fact and released in 1990. Both have been argued to be the greatest movie of this genre, The Godfather versus Goodfellas. Which movie Really? Better? It, it, what? It, it, uh, our audience is Whoa. chiming in, <clears throat> but I'm going to have to say, "Goodfellas." That's what they're saying because there's more memorable lines in Goodfellas. It's fact or based on fact. People <sighs> quote it in their everyday lives. Like, am I funny? Do I amuse you? I mean, oh, Derek, what, what he- does the Godfather have? Take the gun, leave the cannoli.
3: So before before, before I, mean, I answer, have you ever seen The Godfather? I've never seen The Godfather. You have never, whoa, whoa. No, have oh, never seen, seen The Godfather.
2: I grew up in Brooklyn. I lived it. Not The Godfather per se, <laughs> but the, the, I knew a lot of people. And we'll leave it at that. And
4: Barry Stein.
2: If, I, if Goodfellas wasn't on one day in the, in the cigar lounge that I own, they probably would have never watched Goodfellas either. That's, that's not good to admit. That's sacrilegious. And I, to this day, I refuse to watch The Godfather just because what? of the reaction I get from people.
3: You're it, ridiculous.
2: It, you've never seen The Godfather. Never seen The Godfather. You're the guy. I'm the guy, the one, the only. You're that missing out, man. Terrified. That's a fan,
3: It's a fantastic book. <laughs> I, I saw this video once on YouTube that went viral a few years ago. There was a guy who had never seen Star Wars. Ah, had never ever watched the movie were had, his
4: initials had, Barry Stein I don't know no, it no, I could have Star
3: Wars my wife refuses to watch him but so when it came to the scene where Luke and Darth Vader they're on the walkway and they're fighting each other <laughs> yeah. and Luke's hanging off the off the walkway and Darth Vader looks down and the cameras pointed to this kid he's watching the movie very intently because he knows he has never ever seen this and Darth Vader goes Luke I am your father. The kid loses his mind completely. Nice. Never saw it coming. Nice. It was like a child seeing, uh, you know, snow for the first time. It was it was a beautiful thing, and I want you to experience that with the Godfather. If right? I
2: ever watch the Godfather, I'm going to watch it. There's a version of the movie where it's put together in chronological order. Um, it's like the Godfather anthology or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you do that. that
4: after you see all three, though. You can't. You can't.
2: Yeah. You got it. You got to see him in. And they finally released that version on DVD, or scheduled to come out. And I always said that when they release the anthology, yeah, I'll buy it and I'll watch it.
4: All right,
2: but I, I can't see watching I,
4: one,
3: two, and three, especially since everybody says two is better than one. I don't think two and three are as good as one.
4: See, I think two is my favorite.
3: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, Goodfellas to win this one. Goodfellas. Goodfellas wow. Yeah. We're gonna give you a bell for agreeing yeah. with me.
4: I'm the Lone Shark here, yeah. guys. I'm going to stick with my, uh, my gut instinct and say Godfather. Godfather. All day okay. long. Yay.
3: I think that Godfather is more of a classic film. I think it has its place in American history. Absolutely. I think that Goodfellas had a better storyline. I think better actors. Wow. And I think that it was an overall great film.
4: Being such a big sports fan, do you... Are you also of the belief that Chad Pennington is a better quarterback than Tom Brady? I am that's a huge sports like. fan.
3: I am a huge sports fan. Well, all, you have all, no all idea. I, all
2: I know is somewhere in Jersey, there's a guy named Spidey that, that agrees with me. That is the distance goodfellas. between goodfellas <laughs> and good- is the best. Godfather.
4: It's not even close. You guys are smoking something different than what I am right now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's
2: take a break. And, and, and uh, By the way, food and rent are the only things around here that cost money. So it's time to head for a break. But when we come back, it's time for our version of Trading Places as Derek and Chuck will swap spaces. And we will find out exactly what Chuck does for the New England Patriots and discuss the Super Bowl. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network.
6: There was a time when cigars were the hallmark
4: of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series, from Hammer & Sickle
6: Handcrafted since 1964.
1: I want to tell you about my friend Hoci Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. As some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hoci's factory, Tabacalera Palmer, has produced a cigar that not only belongs to the factory but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special Now for the amazing part, La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from four dollars and ninety-five cents to six dollars, and has been awarded the cigar of the year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more.
7: This is Jerry from Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network.
2: And we're back live from the Florida Minicana Studio. Here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority, we you're smoking a Nat Sherman Timeless Nicaragua, and i joined by Chuck Morrison, Why Derek switches over to the producer's chair. I'm here. Welcome back to the Cigar Authority. So it was pointed out by the studio audience that the first half of the show, or the first half hour, was kind of like the Sports Authority. Yes. And since they went out of business and we didn't really talk about the cigar, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about where we're smoking, yeah, which was... is a Nat Sherman Timeless. We're smoking a 6x60 version. Uh, You got the care package. People got a variety of sizes. Um, Medium, medium plus?
3: Yeah, I'd say it's pretty medium, medium, touching on the side of full. Yeah. But it's not quite there yet. I think it is going to start to pick up that power as we start getting closer to the band. Flavor-wise, it's offering very rich flavors of aged tobacco for me. I'm getting some chocolatey notes. Overall, smooth character.
2: I'll agree. It's exceptionally smooth. A little bit earthy for myself. And uh, Chuck, the the question I get asked all the time mm. on Facebook or by customers in the stores: What the hell do you actually do for the New England Patriots? You stop it. Well, yeah. I know you had to do something with the radio. Uh, no. then- hello,
4: hello. Yeah. Starting quarterback. I wear a number twelve jersey. Um, <laughs> you wish you were
2: sleeping with Giselle.
4: <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Morrison. <laughs> uh, no, I so multifaceted, but at the end of the day, I, I am an audio engineer. That is, my, that is my technical position, is an audio engineer. It's kind of ambiguous, but at the end of the day, most of my work is involved with um, the Patriots Radio Network, which is a vast network of, of affiliates across the world, uh, not just here in New England, that broadcast the games. Um, before the games themselves, uh, a lot of the responsibilities are assisting with uh, interviews, specifically with Jonathan Kraft. Uh, Belichick, which is used in the pregame show. Uh, during the games themselves, we have a 3 team uh, a team of three engineers. We kind of rotate through. We have a, uh, a guy that will be in the booth and mix the broadcast itself. Mm-hmm. We have two guys that do parabolic mics on the field. Which are which, the show mics. Which are the big bubbles that you see, um, which is probably the best seat in the house to watch a, 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 a Patriots game or a, a football game. Uh, maybe not. I mean, sometimes it's called an all-22 an all where you can see you know, from way up in the box, all you know, all players kind of see the plays form and stuff. But when right, you're that you close to the action, yeah, whatever. yeah, which may actually be the best. I'll take that back. That's probably the best view technically if you want to see. Everything, but to get close to the action, to hear the trash talking amongst the players, to really feel the intensity on the field, there's no better place to be than on the line of scrimmage.
2: Because when you're on the sideline, you have the parabolic mic, you have the headset on, yeah. So you're hearing everything that's coming through the mic, yes, as well as the guys in the booth,
4: yeah. And we can control that. I mean, whoever's operating the parabolic mic now for the Super Bowl, I will say that I I begged to uh, to be on the field for that game. Uh, but we have controls where we can isolate, you know, if we just want to hear locally what's coming out of the dish. We'll call it the dish. Um, keep it simple, right? Uh, you can do that. You can just isolate just whatever's coming out of that microphone. Or you could mix it just to hear the broadcast, to hear Zolak and uh, Bob Sosie, who's the color guy and the play-by-play guy. Uh, but, again, even their roles, they do a lot with Kraft Sports Production. Robert Kraft, uh, Mr. Kraft, uh, who owns the Patriots, uh, also has his own production company. He has a packaging company. Has a, I mean, he's a brilliant businessman, as we all know. But, um, Um, They're involved in a lot of the the production stuff throughout the week um, with Patriots Weekly and a bunch of content and programming. So there's a lot of roles. um, um, But at the end of the day, my my position, Barry, to answer your question, and I apologize for being long and winded here, is an audio engineer.
2: Is the audio engineer worthy of a ring this year?
4: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. Here's the argument. Here's the argument. So um, the play-by-play guys for the radio broadcast get rings. And they always credit the team. So it's a six-person team. Like I said, we have three technical audio engineers for each game. There's three of us. Uh, you have Bob Sosie and Scott Zolak. That's five. And then we have uh, an executive producer, Mark Capello, who we call Jimmy Kimmel because he looks like Jimmy Kimmel. But there's a six-man team. And uh, it's pretty neat. Like, before we game, we, we actually we huddle up. Mm-hmm. We have, like, a little uh, pregame, you know, um, fired-up speech, if you will. And uh, even at the end of each game, we'll we'll kind of all huddle together and, you know, talk about the, the broadcast itself and obviously the game and stuff. But it's a, it's a very it's a tight relationship. We, we, we're friends. I mean, it's a friendship. Uh, and I know those guys, Bob and Zoe, who have received rings, they've been doing it now for uh, this is their fourth year. They were fortunate enough to call the Super Bowl against the, the Seahawks. They got rings. We did not. And I think they were vocal about that. I think they genuinely felt bad. Uh, Mark, our producer, also does a lot of work with the Bruins. And when the Bruins won the Stanley Cup, I think it was in 2011, Correct. Um, uh, he got a ring. You know, and all the all the tech guys did too. Look, if the punter gets a ring, well, well hey, come on. I, I
2: think the engineer should get a ring.
4: Ah, uh, man, I, listen. Um, no. I mean,
2: I don't mean to equate you to the punter. Who's
4: no, no, no. R- listen, Ryan Allen, who's the punter? I'll tell you, he he's excellent. At what he does. I mean, if you guys watch the game, I mean, special teams. It's not talked about a lot, but they pinned, they pinned Atlanta deep. I mean, Atlanta had to earn those earn those scores from deep within their own territory. You know, starting some drives off within the fifteen yard line, which. That's credit to Ryan Allen. That's credit to special teams. So, um, listen, whether you're, you're a punter or even a, you know, third-string corner, it doesn't mean to make that team, to play in that team um, is, is pretty special. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. I was happy to, to be a part of that experience, to be on the field. Uh, we got loaded up with a bunch of swag. I'm wearing my Patriots. I'm not sure if I'm ever going to take this off, by the way. <laughs> um, but uh, this was handed to us by by Mr. Kraft and, and Jonathan. Um, Got some sweatshirts and stuff, so they, they take care of us in that regard. Um, and, and look, the staff rings are different than the player rings. I mean, right. the There's player rings as much diamonds on absolutely, them and what have you. absolutely. Uh, would it be awesome? Yes. Would I ever take it off? No. Um, but that's out of my control. And and like I said, would it be a thrill? Would it be an honor? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if I don't get one, listen. I've been. This is my fourth Super Bowl with the team. Two wins, um, haven't got one yet. So I don't know. I've already faced that disappointment.
2: Well, hopefully this year will be enjoyment and not disappointment. Yeah. Uh, but Peter Hudson, who listens to our show,
4: I know Peter Hudson very well. Religiously. Yeah. yeah. He sent yeah, me an
2: email on Facebook, and for for those of you who don't follow Chuck on Facebook, he pretty much chronicled the entire trip mm. in Houston from leaving. Uh, on a Delta airline flight. Yeah. And Peter Hudson wanted to know some in alignment are pretty big guys. True. Are the seats on the plane that you guys charter? Great question. Is it changed up in any layout format so it's more comfortable? It's a great question. Great question, Peter. Um, the answer
4: is no. So uh, when we travel, it, you know, so I'm not sure of the, uh, the, the extent of the relationship, but, but Delta has been the exclusive carrier, if you will, or chartered airline for the Patriots. Um, since I've been doing this, which is 2004, this is my 13th uh, season with the team, um, and Delta's always been there. Uh, before that, I think it was Northwest. But th- to answer his question, it's just it's a nor- like when the aircraft is done flying us to say Houston, um, you know, the plane is refueled, it's cleaned up or whatever, vacuumed, whatever they do. Uh, flight logs change, but now regular—I'll pa- just use the word regular, not disrespectfully—but regular passengers will now board that same aircraft and go to Fort Lauderdale or wherever they may be traveling to. So, no, nothing's changed. It's a regular aircraft. What they do differently is it's all assigned seating, which really doesn't change much throughout the entire year. Um, this plane that we flew out into to Houston was a little bit larger of an aircraft than we normally fly on, just because you know the Patri- It was all hands on deck. Anyone that worked for the Patriots were out in Houston all week. Um, but yeah, so coaches are always typically in first class, a lot of the team doctors, team staff, um, the higher ups, like the VPs, they'll fly in first class team quote unquote staff, myself, that's, we sit in the middle section of the plane. And then the back of the plane is where the players sit. But you know, it would say it's a, it's a seating arrangement of two seats at the window, three seats in the, in the aisle, and then two other seats at the other side of the windows. Um, each player gets like, if you're in the window, you get both seats to yourself. If you're in the middle, you get all three seats, and that's where a lot of the linemen sit because right. those arm, those armrests will fold up, and they need that. I'm because, well aware of that yeah, when I fly. You, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're occupying some of the guys three
2: seats for their for their one body. And I saw you you actually even – I mean, I enjoy food. Yeah. But you posted the menu. Oh, men- I had to post you, the you menu, You posted maybe. the menu. Yeah. And it was like a five-star restaurant <laughs> menu. I'm like, they don't have this when I fly. Right. So is it like that for every – Every game,
4: man. Yeah. So they they have a team nutritionist who is very involved – because uh, I, I I inquired about this myself, like, is this this doesn't taste like airline food. I've heard I've had airline food, and this does not taste like airline Didn't food. Did it taste like powdered eggs? It did not taste like powdered eggs. Uh, so they they actually have a chef. They, they it's, it's catered specially. I don't know the name of the company, or else I'd give them some love and a plug. Um, but uh, I know the nutritionist is involved in what what the what the menu is, what the outline is. Um, but it, it's good. It legitimately is good food. So I think we had. Like fillet, a beef filet, there was a salmon uh, seafood dish,
2: um, and then they typically have a ve- vegetarian meal. I saw it as I was heating up a Weight Watch's lunch, and yeah. I was cursing you up. Like, yeah. Like. Yeah. No, it's good, man.
4: And then when you board the plane, there's, there's, there's a meal before the meal. There's a meal before. So when you get on the plane, they have uh, like this little cart you can grab a chicken sandwich, a, chi- a burger, or uh, peanut butter and jelly, or, or almond butter and jelly, if that's your thing, uh, or, or a salad. Yeah, I'll pass on the salad. Well, the salad's pretty good. Yeah, no. Yeah, you get a little chicken on it, man. No, a a little, for little rabbits. dressing. It's for oh, rabbits. Oh, no, no, no. Rabbits and Mr. Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> but you good saw it. I'm glad you appreciated
2: that. I was kind of nervous. I definitely appreciated yeah, it. That's, that's inside info right there, <laughs> baby. And another question that was posed to me <laughs> on, on Facebook, you know, usually you'll fly out. Um, the game's on Sunday. You'll yep. fly out on, like, Friday or if it's a West Coast trip or, right. or Saturday morning the day before the game. Depending on location. So now you're here a week early. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of extra bonus coverage. Did your role change in any way the week of oh, Super Bowl? Oh, dramatically. Absolutely. Yeah,
4: dramatically. So have, have any of you guys ever been to Houston? No? no All I right, a couple. Have. Uh, maybe our audience can. can a lot be. of strip clubs. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Didn't see any, unfortunately. Did not uh, have a chance to go to any strip clubs. But this is, this is my point. Houston is enormous. It is like It is like three Bostons. Uh, in one. And the distance between these three, like it'd be, you have a Boston here, you've got a Boston here, and a Boston here. Like three metropolitan cities that are probably a good 25 minutes from each other. But it's all considered Houston. So the team hotel where the Patriots were staying, was, which was kind of a central, a central hub area, did a lot of activities there. There were interviews and team arrangements, whatever else. Um, that was in one section of town, like a legit downtown. Think of Boston. 25 minutes away was kind of the convention center, which was where Radio Row was, where the NFL experience was. Uh, You had the NFL network with an outdoor studio, ESPN, Fox Sports 1, like all the major networks. That was another central hub. Um, And then where NRG Stadium is, where the actual stadiums play, that's another area of downtown, which is another 25 minutes away. So it's such a large city. It's really three cities in one. Um, But to answer your question, so I was going back, and I mean, I had a rental car all week, but I was... At the Patriots team hotel in the morning. Then I'd be at the media center for Radio Row helping out with, like, you know, one of the sports hub programs. And then I'd be at the stadium, you know, getting ready for the actual – while we're there, the actual game itself, the game broadcast, which is pretty intense. Because, I mean, if you saw the Super Bowl any of the game stuff, whether you're an Atlanta fan or a Patriots fan, there's, like, eight podiums set up for each team, um, you know, which all has to be wired. There's a lot of tech right. to it. And you can hear in the background
2: other players being interviewed. Yeah. So you can hear, Devin
4: McCourty, podium eight. Basically, you know, like, is what
2: you heard on the, on the broadcast. <laughs> yeah. I'll admit it. I gave up my boycott. My wife was going crazy. That great. a boy. She was going crazy at the end of the fourth quarter. I was like, all right, I got to see what the hell's going on. So yeah, I yeah. watched it all the way to the end. Good. And I saw the post game interviews and, and, and what have you. So you hear, like, you hear, you know, somebody from Atlanta being called to give an interview while yeah. the Patriots are celebrating. Can we huge. talk about the game for a minute?
4: How about sure. them Pats? I'm sorry, right? Come on.
2: I'll tell you, that was incredible. Barry,
4: again, to, to be on the field for that. Um, let me give you, I'll give you a little story here. This is good. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of this, okay? So. I'll keep, maybe I'll keep that quiet. Let's just say there were a lot of challenges leading up to the game from a technical standpoint. We've seen what happens here on the Cigar Authority. Yeah, yeah. Lines were dropping. Connections were dropping. Uh, there were issues with credentials to get people in. Uh, there were a, it was very stressful, very stressful. We had a, a pregame show to the pregame show, um, all these different elements. It was The energy upstairs was was off. It was off. And this is a big game, and I'm very superstitious as it is. So I said to my, my guy, Mikey, who was doing the other parabolic, Mike, Mike, we get, we got to get down to the field. we got to get out of here. And this is probably an hour and a half before kickoff. So we get down to because I need to be around the team. I need to be around some good energy here. So we get down to the field, and it's just it's an S-storm. I mean, it's just mayhem. I, we were joking that there's more people down in the field right now than there are in the stands. It was just immensely packed. Celebrities, A-list, you know, VPs and presidents and CEOs and who's who's and everything else. Uh, we finally found a good spot. and If you go to my Facebook page, you'll see some video of the pregame stuff. But uh, the energy was good around the team. Like, I felt good. I was feeling better. As we know, the game kicks off, and it's a, it's a close first quarter. It first quarter ends, it's scoreless. You're like, all right, so much for a shootout. I'll have to
2: take your word on that.
4: Yeah, yeah, take my word on it. Uh, no score after one. Second quarter starts, and um, uh, Atlanta scored first. We had a, a critical fumble by, by Blunt, our running back. Um, great audio, by the way, if you guys check out YouTube and stuff. There's a lot of Pats porn out there. Some good, uh, some good, some good audio from, from some like, uh, mic'd up players. But anyways, we go down early. It's halftime. We're, we're down 21 to 3. And the energy down there was, when I say down there, on the field. The team's in the locker room, so I'm not speaking about the team. I'm speaking about the team staff. I'm speaking about the media personnel, you know, photographers, cameramen, people from craft sports, ourselves. The energy was low. It was, it was debilitating. It was deflating to use that word, which I don't like using, but that's what it was. It was like the energy was just sucked out of you. Um, and I'm a positive guy. I really am. And yeah, we see that every week. You like, see it every week.
2: You know, and I was negative. I'm, I'm
4: pissed. Yeah. Like, I just, I want to go home. Lady Gaga's performing, and I, uh, she's awesome. She's brilliant. She's a great artist. Couldn't even enjoy it. So I'm like, F this. F this. What's going, Chuck, get your mind right. There's a lot of football. I'm saying this to myself. There's an S-load of football left. We've only played 30 minutes. There's a whole other half here to go. We have Tom Brady. We have Bill Belichick. We've staged some great comebacks. And I'm saying this inside. Now I'm getting fired up. Now my energy's high. I go to my buddy Mikey, who's the other power block. I grab him by the shoulders. I'm shaking him, Barry. Like, baby, this game is not over. And I'm getting him fired up. I'm getting the craft Sports guys fired up. At one point, the cheerleaders were behind me. And, you know, they're naturally kind of fired up at this. But I could tell their energy was a little low. And I just, I'm like, listen, there's a, I don't care what you say, you can laugh at me all you want. The Atlanta guys, all the Atlanta media, literally laughing at me. Like, you really, look, scoreboard, kid, look at the scoreboard. I'm like, exactly, keep an eye on that, because at the end of the game, it's going to be either W for the Patriots or we're going to stay just the sucker back. I'm keeping it G rated right now yeah. as best I can. <laughs> and just laughing at me. Okay, buddy, okay. So I'm firing everybody up. This game is not over. We play 60 minutes, they play 30. They think this game's over. We know this game is just beginning. Third quarter starts. Atlanta goes three and out. We get the ball back. We fumble. We go three and out. Atlanta comes back. Now it's 20. They score. It's now 28 to three. And that energy's now sinking again. I'm like, nope, nope. I'm not getting. I know this team's not giving up. Again, I can hear the sound through that dish. And I can hear Brady. Fire, laser focus. This game is not over. 60 minutes. 60 You know, he kept saying that. Um, and we know the rest, man. They, they came back. They believed in each other. And it's a remarkable team. I mean, I'm a big sports fan, as it is. Like you, hockey's my sport. Um, but to witness what we witnessed is, is once in a lifetime i mean it 's incredible a comeback of that magnitude, even in the regular seasons unheard of, but to do it on that stage, and you know, I was talking to some of the guys here in the audience before the show what had to have happened for them to win you know um, two point conversions back to back, um, <laughs> a coin flip that needs to go I mean it was just it was remarkable, it was remarkable, and this high by the way, Barry is never coming down. I-
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> can I, uh, can where, I take a quick sip of this right here? Sure. Where would you rank this? Because I thought it was bigger than the Red Sox comeback against the Yankees. Yeah. Or at least I want to believe that as a Yankee fan.
4: It's a great question. Uh, you For know, Boston
2: sports, what yeah. was the bigger comeback? The Red Sox <laughs> over the Yankees or the Patriots coming that, back from 28-3? It's a great question because I'll say, that. I mean, at the time,
4: you know, growing up, uh, again, being a hockey guy, but I, I was a Sox fan, big Sox fan, uh, and just experienced so much heartache. You know that as a Yankee fan. I mean, my whole life, right? Even going back to like Grady Little. Um, but the first championship outside of the Celtics, because the Bruins won in like 72, I think, and that was before I was born. I was um, looking
2: this morning, like the, the Celtics won eight years in a row, yeah. 10, 10, and 10 I, out of 11 years, which is crazy. Right. I never realized that. You know, I'm not, I'm not a huge basketball fan. Yeah,
4: and I'm not either. And, I, you know, I, I've got family that is season ticket holders for the Celtics and whatnot. But I just – I'm tall and lanky. You'd think I'd be a, a, a basketball fan, but I'm really – I'm not. I'm not. So I wasn't really into the Celtics championships. But to answer your question, and I know we're getting close against the clock here, but to answer your question, um, when the Patriots won in one that was like the first championship that that Boston had experienced in a long time. That was a special one. And the Sox won in 4 you know, then the Bruins won the Celtics experience a championship. But as far as the Patriots once goes, I mean, that old one was so special because it was like, finally, we got a championship. But even with that said, I mean, the, this game, it, it's, it's funny. I was talking to some of the team staff, some of the coaches even, that have been with the team going back to the late 90s and even into the, you know the early 2000s that were part of those championships. It's like, here's the thing. Every single Super Bowl the Patriots have played in and the Brady-Belichick ever, were decided by one score or less. I mean, one greatest, that was the best game ever, yep. best Super Bowl ever. 3 that, that was the best, 4 that was then against even the Giants, the yep. ones they lost, yep. that was the one. The Seattle, Malcolm Butler. Yep. That, now, now again, here we are against the, that was, what's going to happen next time? I'm I pretty, have no I'm idea. I'm pretty
2: sure the fans in Atlanta won't agree We're going to spot them 20.
4: We're going to be like, all right, you guys just go ahead. We'll give you 20 points to start Speaking the game.
2: Speaking of 20, let's take a look at the uh, Don Raphael offer of the day. It's time to hear the Don Raphael offer today, brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this, and for how much? This week, my pockets aren't as deep as David. So for $20, will you come over here and kneel, and lick and kiss the seat that Mr. Jonathan normally sits in. <laughs> basically becoming an ass kisser by proxy. Oh my now, god. Would you do it for 20 bucks?
3: <sighs> I wouldn't do it for a million <laughs> Uh, I would not
2: give him the, the pleasure whatsoever of no. knowing somebody kissed his ass, even if it's by I mean, proxy. Barry, look, man, I know you don't have deep pockets, but you've got to go a little steeper than $20. No, nah, $20 is as far as will <laughs> oh, I'm willing to go. I'm going to assume that's a no for you, too. Definitely a no, man. We're all in agreement. <laughs> so outside of the Patriots... This is a cigar show. The, the, uh, we are smoking the Nat Sherman Timeless Nicaraguan. Starting to pick up a little bit in strength. Yeah, uh, a lot. I'm getting a lot of spice, especially on the back end of the cigar. A little bit of earthy notes. I'm starting to pick up some of the chocolate that Derek threw down before.
3: Yeah, the cho- the chocolate's still sticking around for me, and the the power is increasing a little. It's yeah. nothing overwhelming. I think it's because the ring gauge. I mean, we are smoking the big guy. Yeah. So I think that's kind of mellowed it out. But I have smoked the Churchill, which is the – that's the smallest one of the bunch. And that one, I think, had a bit more punch to it than this. So. I'll,
2: I'll agree. It also had a little bit more flavor to it. Yeah, yep. Um. So now you got – to August. So you got six months before the Patriots have their first spring training uh, – yeah. preseason game. Sure, sure. Training. Yep. So for the next eight, eight months, you focus a little bit. You're a bit of an entrepreneur. I am, big time. You big
4: have time. your own little side business. I do. Well, yeah. Well, it's funny. People always ask me that. So what do you do outside of the Patriots? Like, no, Patriots is what I do outside of my full-time gig. You know, like, um, I, am, I am a serial entrepreneur. But at the end of the day, my, my primary source of income is through a company I own called Wicked Cuisine. Wicked Cuisine. So that's uh, essentially kitchen accessories. We manufacture cutting boards and kitchen shears and straw cleaners and oven liners and just a variety of uh, kitchen accessories. I
2: I bought some. A lot of our studio audiences purchased some stuff. A lot of love, yeah. Really high-end stuff at at an affordable price. Yeah, yeah. And if somebody listening to the show wants to check out Wicked Cuisine, what's the best place for them to uh, find it? Yeah, wickedcuisine.com. Yeah, it's probably the best place. Thanks for doing that, Barry. Yeah,
4: so – uh, but I also, I do the Cigar Authority. I mean, I, I've got ADD as it is, as you guys can now probably tell even more oh, yeah. uh, from this conversation we're having Without here, Barry. Without a doubt. Without <laughs> a doubt, right? So I, I can't, I mean, I get bored pretty easily. And, um, you know, once a business is up and running, it's like, what's next? Uh, Dave and I, I'll kind of not let the bag out of the bag completely, but we're working on some things behind the scenes. And, um, yeah, man, I, I just, I love business. I, I love opportunity. And, um, um, you know, life's short. You got you to gotta, you gotta take advantage of um, you know, opportunities when they
2: present themselves. So. 100%. Yeah. So if you want to check out Wicked Cuisine, it's wickedcuisine.com. And uh, we'll take a break. And when we come back, Chuck will return to his spot in the producer's seat. No more football. You guys that hate football are like, yep. yes, get him off, Patriots. <laughs> and uh, we will join the boys in Estelene, Nicaragua, or at least in spirit, as we light up a Pedomo cigar, something that I'm sure David G. and Mr. J. are doing right now. We're live at this two guys'. Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, where you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. And
4: if you've learned nothing else this hour, Barry, always remember and you're smoking your Matt Sherman. Nice full-bodied cigar, by the way. I really enjoy this. Definitely getting the chocolate notes. Listen, always remember to keep the lid end out of your mouth. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at aging room cigars as Rafael Nodel has traveled to Spain, where the idea for aging room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For aging room Solera, Raphael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging
3: Room Solera. It will have you calling for an encore. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends, the Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX, all aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soil of Estelian Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at twoguyscigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar. Aged- to perfection,
4: I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. No, no, love. It's called Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal is that it's all about cigars and none of the nonsense that you see in other magazines. It has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. You're going to be impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, great editorials, and it's strictly for the cigar enthusiast. Or, get this, passionato cigar journal covers cigars in the u.s and around the world and is printed right here in the usa cigar journal available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at www.cigarjournal.co that's cigarjournal.co
1: the la galera habado uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar la galera habano it was 2010 on my 50th birthday nick perdomo from perdomo cigars showed up in my office and honored me with a gift it was a box of cigars But this box of cigars was not what I expected, one I never saw before, something without the Perdomo name on it. It was my name, Garofalo. Garofalo Cigars has my name on it, but it was blended and created by Perdomo as a gift, a gift of a brand of cigars.
0: This the crowd is standing on his feet here at Augusta. Is the cigar authority. What are your badges? The authority. We ain't got no badges. On everything cigar. I don't have to show you any
1: stinking badges.
0: With your host. Oh ho, ho. Slow
1: down there, Speed Racer.
0: David Garofalo. Put
1: that coffee down. Coffee's to close
0: his own. Mr. Jonathan. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Very stunned. That guy in a little card That guy in a little card Don't and Chuck. I went to magic camp. I'm an accomplished
4: ventriloquist. Oh, I am a seventh degree imperial yo-yo master. It's
0: time to light them up. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. It's time. I would rather you just said thank you. For the Cigar Authority. Yeah! And
2: we're back with our number two broadcasting live from the Florida Dominicana Cigar Studio. Today broadcasting live from the Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. I'll let you know what's up in the
3: cigar world, and we'll get debonair with gentleman Chuck Morrison. Welcome back to The Cigar Authority. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority, the only cigar show in the U.S. and yes, the world that is always broadcast on location, and the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist, we demand that you light up along with us. Tune into thecigarauthority.com, where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on YouTube, iTunes, Podbean. Where uh, what the, where you can set it and forget it. My favorite part of the show, next to the classic three-way, is the halftime treat. Oh, oh yeah. I've yeah. been waiting for this. And, I and, haven't eaten yet.
2: And this week, I, uh, I stopped in on the way in, and I had to get something Dunks. from a company that supports the New England Patriots. Every time after a New England victory, they got discounted coffee. <laughs> but we went with a box of donuts. I can't wait.
6: I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's and, so good.
2: And it's so weird. Like... When I lived in New York, I had donuts all the time. When I moved down to Florida, I, donuts are kind of unheard of. Everybody's into pastelitos, which is a Cuban pastry. Okay. I don't think I ever saw a Dunkin' Donuts when I lived in Miami. I'm pretty sure they exist. I just never saw them. Um, but when I came back, first time I went into Dunkin' Donuts, I asked for a crawler. And they gave me this round donut with ridges in it, mm. a French crawler. When I grew up, that wasn't a crawler. What was a crawler? A crawler is what you guys now call a plain stick.
3: That is not what this, we call it. Now. I so I asked for still... a crawler,
2: and the girl looked at me like I had two heads when I first moved back up here. It's... And I had a point to it, and she's like, that's a plain stick. I'm like, no, that's a crawler. That's a crawler. crawler. So, Crella. Crella, crawler, maybe it's my accent. You know, you guys Crella. speak funny up here. What? So, but I bought a dozen donuts, donuts, and we got we got a studio audience. Even though I was hoping nobody would show up because you know performance <laughs> anxiety. Uh, but I took out a Krolla, Krella, Krella, and uh, I'm going to pass this over to Derek. Okay. So take one out, pass I, them around.
3: I am going to have to go with the pink heart shaped donut with the heart sprinkles. In spirit of Mr. Jonathan. Nice In play. Of nice play. Yep. Nice play. Handing over the donuts to oh, Chuck.
4: Oh, boy. Look at this. Look at that Look at this. choice. I got to go jelly. I got to go jelly. What's the most unhealthy one? That one right there. Boom. Let's hand these out. See, I, I, opted, out.
2: I opted to go away from the jelly because, A, it has powder. And, B. What's wrong with powder? It would have gotten all over my shirt. There you go, brother.
4: What do, what, what, I mean, what? we know
2: I'm not a slob, so. <laughs> Is it your shirt or your napkin? I can't tell. It's mean, you know, the inside of my <laughs> shirt as a napkin. I've seen you do that. Yes. I've seen you do it. Nobody sees the inside of your shirt. It's going to oh, go in the laundry. Barry, come it's on. Instead of like wiping jelly on your hand.
3: See, like now, now that I have, <laughs> now that I have a a, de- a medium sized beard, a flavor I, I, saver. I, I, yeah, exactly. That's what it's turned into. <laughs> there you go. And I never had that experience before. Yeah. Until you look in the mirror and you see crumbs that you're saving for later.
4: I, I, I've got well, a pathetic attempt at a goatee going, but this thing has brought some good luck over the past few weeks.
3: It's looking good. I like it. Thank you, man. Keep I'm it. not sure if
2: I can let it go. My wife hates it. Hey, last week I shaved the foo, the foo man Which too. She hates me, so. The handlebars. I got a lot of help for that. How can you shave before the big game? And I'm like, no, the beard only works in hockey. It doesn't work in football. No, no, it definitely does. Well, kind of. You're right. It's It's a hockey thing, but. But enough about the uh, about the uh, no 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 the, not the enough food about, no, and the, no, the sport no no don't let it stop I, I, don't I'm, let it stop I'm assuming most cigar don't geeks stop, don't Barry. like sports I mean but that's me and uh, but it's time to cut and light our next cigar the official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars Perdomo is the brand that while all other brands were raising prices Perdomo cut out the federal S chip tax and lowered them Perdomo Better. Cigars they stand for quality tradition and
3: excellence excellence I am covered in this. <laughs> Whatever filling <laughs> is in this donut, it's all over the place. See, that's why I opted not to go with the filled donut. I didn't know it was filled. It's the experience of being a fat man. <sighs> I you know. know what you can get away with. I know. Equal hey. opportunity, man. That's not just a fat man thing, by the way. Yeah. Well, today we are lighting our cigars with the Black Label Dominator that retails for sixty nine ninety nine. Featuring the patented big-ass tank along with a pair of fold-out cigar scissors and two, count them, two punch cutters on the side with a quad jet torch.
4: I feel like you should be doing this in like an Arnold Schwarzenegger-type voice.
3: You the, need to see this
4: lighter. The
2: Dominator.
4: The Dominator.
3: Th-
2: thank you. Now now you're selling it. Get down. <laughs> so with the boys, in, uh, the boys are in Esteli, as we alluded to in the beginning of the show, and they're going to be smoking more Perdomos in a period of 48 hours than they've ever smoked in their life. Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing. We're going to light up a cigar with them, and we're going to light up the Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Aged Maduro.
3: That sounds so good. Thank you for taking your time saying the name of that song while I finish my bite of donut. Name of that song. Uh, The cigar is so good, it's like a song. Is that what you're saying? uh, There we go. All right. Well, the Perdomo Habano Barrel Aged Maduro – is a great smoke. And with Dave and Mr. Jonathan in Nicaragua at the Perdomo Factory, today we're gonna light up the Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Aged Maduro as our second cigar for the top of the second hour. Today's Maduro features a wrapper that is aged for six years before spending 14 months inside of a bourbon barrel. The binder and fillers feature aged tobacco, including a four-year-aged Seiko from Condega, five-year-aged Viso from Jalapa, and a six-year-aged Lajero from Esteli. For those looking for something a bit milder than what we're smoking on the show today, the cigar is also available in a Connecticut and sun-grown wrapper, and they have an MSRP of 769 to 919 And the cold drawer on the cigar? Yeah, what do you got? Cookie dough. Berry I thought I was going to go the whole show without hearing <laughs> his voice. Can't go a whole show without hearing I his know. voice. I love you, Jonathan. Don't... Don't be mad. I think he nailed it though. That's a definitely cookie dough. That's a nail on the head right there. Gonna, Raw cookie dough. I'm gonna say cream because that's uh, cookie cream or just cream? Just cream. I I still have cream in my mouth <laughs> from the donut. No no, no bias at all. No. Right. I didn't right. think we'd
2: have a problem with cream in the mouth without Jonathan. You know? I was waiting oh, for that. Oh, I was. I'm waiting sorry. For is that. that crossing the line?
3: <laughs> Jesus. So now this is a re-release essentially of, uh, of the original Perdomo uh, Habano line which I was a huge fan of back in the day when they were still around and uh, this is and I don't know if it's so
2: much as a re-release because the, the Perdomo Habano it, it was made pretty much the same way um, they just put a bigger emphasis on the bourbon barrel aging um, which really wasn't promoted uh, on the original release or at least that's the way it was uh, explained to me by by a, a Perdomo rep.
3: Feel spin? free to is say something. Yeah, instead of I just not well, you know, I, I, it, I was still <laughs> trying to get that cream down my throat, and I'm though. trying
4: to think if that's spin or if that's legit. <laughs>
2: and what'd you just say? Come on, dude. Come on. I'm not going to repeat that. I don't want you to. <laughs> so oh, we're going uh, off the deep end here. So, you can hear more craziness like that on the Ash Holes. Uh, this yeah. You <laughs> yes. just had unlucky show number 13.
3: Yeah, I feel like the Ash Holes, Derek, is leaking over into <laughs> the Cigar Authority, Derek, which is probably not the best idea. Uh, yeah, but uh, we're going to have uh, another show this week, episode 14, uh, and we are going to be doing a blind cigar review. Oliver, our friend on the show, is going to be bringing in some cigars. We have no idea what it's going to be, but we are going to light up live from uh, 4 to 5 on Wednesday evening, and we're going to tell you our thoughts about this cigar. I'm mm. a little nervous. And people can check that out at theashholes.net Ash as holes. well as uh, iTunes and Podbean. Yes, they can, and that's uh, all you got to do is search the Ash Holes. that's A-S-H, holes, and uh, you'll be able to find us on every social media outlet out there. And mad props to Sereno
4: Cigars for hopping on board, yeah. being your first sponsor. I know you guys got a new banner. You guys are doing a great job, and for them to hop on early like that, Trust me when I tell you, they're not going to regret it.
3: Yeah, the, the banner we just got in, and we're going to debut that on next week's show. Yeah, man. So Looks I'm excited good. for that. Looks good. You guys are doing it right. Keep doing it. Thank you, sir. Yes, Has sir. he hinted which size cigar he's going to be? No, he hasn't told us anything. He hasn't told us a word. So it could be a, you know, a 6x60 Maduro, or it could be a little petite Corona. So people Have won't no find
2: out that news until they turn in right into the ash holes. Yeah. Unlike the news here under Cigar Authority which comes to you every week. That's right.
7: It's time for What's Good in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse Cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled N2 bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse Cigar today.
2: This week we found out that Oliva Cigars has announced a price increase of 5% on all products other than cane. The new price increase is slated to begin on March 1st and the company cites the rising costs associated with FDA. Caffey Cigars has a new factory, the company which has made its cigars with the Reyes family at Puros Alidos, which was purchased by CLE. With the purchase of that factory complete, Caffey needed some place to make his cigars, and he has purchased a 2,000-square-foot factory that will be run by Oscar Allin Fiera, who makes his own brand called Tobaccos San Geronimo. A little over a week ago, it was announced that British American Tobacco purchased Reynolds American. Now word has come out that British American Tobacco will discontinue the Dunhill cigar. The move is a peculiar one as the brand has more than enough age on it to be grandfathered in under the FDA regulations and could have easily been sold. However, by announcing the discontinuation of the brand, it devalues the line should the company decide to sell it. You can add New Mexico to the list of states that want to raise the tobacco age to 21. And you can cross off North Dakota that saw that bill defeated 68 to 22. And you can also remove the pending bill in Arizona that was halted by a voice of reason, Representative Jeff Weinger, a Republican, who refused to allow the bill to be brought up for a hearing, stating that adults should be able to make their own choices in life. Washington State introduced the dumbest bill, and that bill would prohibit anyone that is a non-smoker from working at a cigar lounge.
6: That's government
2: overstepping its bounds, huge, telling you you can't work someplace just because you don't smoke. If a person wants to make the decision to work in a smoking lounge, that should be their decision. Just like Arizona saw, it should be the decision of an adult to choose whether or not at 18 to pick up a cigar. Definitely. Absolute <sighs> stupidity. Wow. What o- the? Who
3: decided that?
2: Uh, it was a bill introduced in Washington, um, su- not surprisingly. File under – Got a name? Uh, no, I did not Yeah, Can we ban name. this person? Yeah. They should be.
4: File under WTF. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, what? here's a person that needs a job. They're willing to work at a cigar lounge, but they're told they can't work. So, therefore, you've got to stay on unemployment. Be a burden to to the state. Yeah, that's that's illegal in every single way. So, without a doubt, that's discrimination. Yeah. And this week, Health and Human Services saw the confirmation of Secretary Tom Price, who will oversee the F, the FDA as the FDA falls under uh, Health and Human Services. The good news is that of this is Representative Price, or now Secretary Price, is a huge cigar fan. And he is friendly with the cigar industry, and he's seen as pro-cigar by both pro-tobacco and anti-tobacco groups. Hmm. So once again, there is a slimmer of hope. And that's was up in the cigar world.
7: What's up in the cigar world was brought to you by recluse cigars. The recluse Amadeus Habano Reserva uses grade A Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a San Andreas binder, a Dominican Lajero, Seco, and Pennsylvanian broadly filler tobaccos, which create a blend we call the cigar of the year. Recluse cigars is what's
2: up. And one of the good news is in Washington also that, that is, uh, it's currently illegal to smoke in a cigar shop in Washington, but there's also a bill out there that will allow smoking again in cigar lounges, but unfortunately, it's tied into that bill of preventing a non-smoker from working in the lounge.
3: Wait until they say you can't drink in a bar. Yeah, that's happening. An alcohol If you drink, you're not allowed to be a Wait until they say
2: you have to raise your hand before you speak.
3: I mean, yeah. it's
4: getting
2: crazy. <laughs> Speaking of what else is up, uh, the price of Super Bowl commercials this year went up half a million dollars, coming in at five and a half million dollars for 30 seconds. And I don't know about you, but... Well, you're pointing at me, so... I, I get, I, I'm sure you came home and you I heard did. about some well, commercials, and you YouTubed it like like a lot of people do. Yeah, well, you absolutely. You know, you're at a crowded party, it's loud,
4: you can't hear the commercials. Right, right. You TiVo it, you come back, because mm. like... You know again, going back to my my business spirit, if you will, business chuck I, I like I like advertising I like creative advertising. I like when advertisers kind of you know really hit the emotions, whether it's humor or whatever it may be so that's when that, that, that's their Super Bowl that's when they step up their game and they bring the best of the best and I'll tell you what I, I don't know if it's me, but every year for the past three, four years, the ads have been getting weaker. And weaker and weaker. Agreed. So the ads I saw, guys, fail. I was not impressed. It maybe was you know what ad I liked the most it was a local advertiser.
2: It was for uh we were talking about this in the previous. Shields, Shields. 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 Roger Best that. commercial it was And that's a it, local ad. I it mean, was after the Super Bowl and Tom Brady did one for them in the past and, and this MRI place has lockers. Yeah. So when you're going for the M R I you could take off your jewelry. Yeah, that's right. And the past ones had him taking off his four rings and putting them in a locker. That's and they've right. been airing this for a while. Yes, right. they've been airing it for a while. Right after the Super Bowl was over they had the same thing, Brady, you know, putting his four rings And in he says, oh, wait, I and forgot And the waitress one. goes, uh, not the waitress, the, uh, <laughs> the nurse goes, is that it? And he goes, no, wait. And he pulls out the fifth ring right. from his pocket. And he says, it's kind of new. And it's it's kind of new. And she goes, oh, you're going to need a bigger locker. And he goes, Roger that. So good. Which is classic. Roger That's that has, everybody's been saying it here in New England. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, But man. the best commercial for me to air during the Super Bowl was for Buy. Uh, which is a uh, a drink spelled B-A-I, and it's an antioxidant infusion drink. And the commercial saw Christopher Walken reciting lyrics to Bye 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 from NSYNC. Upon completion, the camera pulled out to reveal Justin Timberlake never said a word in the commercial. And it's rumored that he didn't even get paid for the commercial because he's a partner of B-A-I. So it's his drink, and it was his commercial. Anything with Christopher Walken. More cowbell. All That's right. the only thing that was missing from the commercial. I thought you were going to say Justin Timberlake, but we'll take your word for yeah. it. So for me, that was my favorite, and then it was a commercial for a Buick uh, – where somebody didn't believe it was a uh, Buick, and he said, if that's a Buick, uh, this yeah. Wee football plays is Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah, that and was good. And then Cam Newton goes and barrels over, everybody scores a touchdown, pretty much the only way he was able to score a <laughs> touchdown all year. But for me, nice. those were my favorite two commercials.
3: Those are good. I don't know if you saw any, but... Uh, I did, yeah, yeah. I like I, I YouTubed it afterwards, but how about you, uh, Derek? Uh, so I had a, I had a couple favorites. I'm really big into commercials. Cool. Uh, like you, I yeah. like advertising. I think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, and I have I have one that was funny, and I got one that pulled the heartstrings, kind of like you were talking about. Okay. Um, so I think my favorite one was the Mr. Clean. The Mr. Clean Uh See, I would commercial. think that was Mr. Jonathan's favorite. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like him. Because you know, it had, like, Mr. Clean twerking
2: and cleaning. And oh, yeah, cleaning, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like. Yeah.
3: Well, I thought, I thought it was funny because you got Mr. Clean, yeah. uh, you know, CGI-generated Mr. Clean, you know, being sexy around the house in front of this, you know, it turned in front you on of, a of the bit. wife. You can say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's, you know, j- bouncing his ass up and down. He's like in the shower, like pretending to kiss his wife and whatever, and he's scrubbing the shower curtain. <laughs> and then at the end, it just stops, and Mr. Clean turns into a a chubby middle aged man, which I'm assuming was the woman's real husband, and she she. Just she was so worked up over Mister Clean being so sexy. She tackled him over the couch and started making out with him, and then nice. it just ended. That's I good. thought that one was that's good. Th- I thought that was funny. It was clever. Yeah. Uh, and then one that really kind of gave me the chills was actually a Budweiser episode, uh, a Budweiser commercial. And uh, you know, I, I used to work in the beer industry. I talk beer a lot, um, but Budweiser, normally they uh, they have some pretty good commercials that are funny. And this one was really kind of interesting because uh it shows this guy he's coming out of the war and he's making his way back home and he's finding all these different jobs to do and they see him with a backpack hiking down a muddy road in the rain and he comes into a bar and uh he has this blueprint of a, of a beer bottle and he puts it down on the table he says this is what i want to make and uh, another gentleman goes oh i've never seen you in here and he goes "Ah." Mr. Anizer and the other kid goes, ah, Mr. Bush. Oh, wow. So it was Anheuser and Bush meeting for the first time in this bar, and that made cool. me want to go buy a case of Budweiser after this. <laughs> there you go, which yeah. you'd never drink otherwise. Which yeah. I'd never drink otherwise. Yeah. It was just really, it, it got me. That's and it was good. shot
2: it very much me. in like a Gangs of New York feel to oh, it. Yeah. It kind of had that gritty awesome. feel Old to it. Old school feel, yeah. But for yeah. me, the, the worst commercial of all was Coca-Cola did America the Beautiful uh, with all different languages. Uh, no, we're in America. It, it, to me, it should not have been sung in multiple languages. Um, you really? Yeah. It really bothered me to the point where I will now order a rum and Pepsi when I go to a bar. <laughs>
4: wait Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Time out. Is this a Barry boycott?
2: This is a Barry boycott. boycott, boycott. Rum you, and Pepsi for me from now on. Yep. And I know it's not very debonair. No. But what's debonair is Gentleman Chuck Morrison.
1: you need a gentleman?
6: Gentleman.
5: I'm a Gentleman. Gentlemen, <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentlemen. Ladies, fasten your seat belts, switch on your electronic devices, and pump up the volume.
4: You need a gentleman. And this is The Gentleman's Way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with, wait for it, thank you, suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. Today, gentlemen, the gentleman's guide, and trust me, I needed this one, to setting the alarm clock. Most people set their alarm clock too early, and then what happens? Well, they play mind games with the alarm clock and that snooze button. My wife. You need to implement what is known as the one-hour rule, which is avoid being late ever again. Here's the basis and the bedrock, the foundation. No matter how long a task or grouper tasks may take, it gets allocated to one hour. Unless, of course, it takes longer than it's rounded to the next hour. Let me explain this for you so you can follow this rule and you'll never be late again. The example is, let's say you need to be at work at 10 a.m. and it takes you 30 minutes to get to said work. Well, you should leave your house no later than 9 a.m., this giving you a buffer in case of traffic, traffic, or car trouble, a one-hour buffer, even though the task takes 30 minutes. See what I'm doing here? You're rounding up the amount of time that it might take you. Gives your, Giving yourself one hour to get ready in the morning, uh, you should set your alarm for 8 a.m. minimal in this example. This would put you to sleep by, say, midnight in bed by 11, and getting wrapped up and getting ready for bed by 10 p.m. Basically, you're allocating an hour for tasks that would take much less. This is the one-hour rule, and what does it do? Well... It allows yourself to say goodbye to the snooze button, no more missing sleep, no more being late, with the rule of setting things towards
2: one hour. You follow me in this? I follow you, and I agree, and nothing drove me crazier. My wife, who used to go to work, she had to be at work an hour before me, would set her alarm clock on her side of the bed way too early. Yeah, and Snooze happens? it snooze. every five minutes, and so now I'm off. Snooze. Snooze. No. I could sleep through the first alarm, Yeah, but I can't. Sleep through it the second, third, fourth, and fifth time. So from now on,
3: she's gonna follow the one hour rule.
4: Set it when you need it, and when it goes off, you get up, you do your thing.
3: I am the worst about that. Oh yes, it drives Haley crazy because I will I'll tell you, I have my alarm clock set here. Yeah. I set an alarm for six AM. Yep. Six twenty. Yep. Six thirty. Yep. Six thirty two. Yep. Six (laughs) fifty five. Love it. Seven, and seven fifteen. And if I am not out of bed by seven fifteen, I'm screwed. And she can I ask you a question? Yes. Why not just set it for seven fifteen? I can't. (laughs) I can't. I have to know that I need to be awake first, and then I can go back to sleep for uh, from six a.m. to six twenty. I have twenty minutes. But then then you're up, and then you're back down. Right. You're up, and then you're back. It must drive you nuts. And then my no, it doesn't drive me nuts. It drives her nuts. And I just can't stop. That's just how I wake up. I wake up with seven different alarms, and she hates it. But I, I'm going to keep doing it.
2: I always wake up ten minutes before I set my alarm, no matter what time I, do I set my alarm. I do, too. I got that in, I'm lucky enough where I got that internal alarm clock. Yeah. And I can actually say I've been lucky enough never to oversleep. Yeah.
4: I'll tell you what. I've been doing a lot of sleeping in, the as of late.
2: But anyways, guys, that
4: is The Gentleman's Way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. The question, every single time we do this, are you Debonair
2: enough? So we're about a uh, close to a third of the way in, quarter of the way in on the cigar. Uh, actually, when I we decided we were going to smoke the Perdomo Habano, I asked Derek which one he wanted to smoke, and he picked the Maduro. That a boy, yeah, and good call. Very very sweet. It's more of a classic Maduro than a modern Maduro, in the sense that you get in that sweetness, the smoothness, cocoa, uh, a little bit of coffee. You know, it's not overpowering like a lot of Madoros on the market are today. Right. And, and to me, that allows this cigar to stand out amongst Madoros. Where, where on the
4: scale is this for you? Is it is it mild? Is it medium? For it's, me, this is straight
2: medium. For me, it's medium plus. Okay. Uh, you know, 1 to 3 is mild, yeah. uh, 4 to 6, medium, 7 to 10, full. Okay. I'm going to put it right at 6. Maybe Maybe seven. Six and a half, something
4: like that. Yeah,
3: something right along those lines for me.
4: Yeah, how about you, Derek?
3: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with Barry there, six or seven. It's not overpowering. This isn't a very strong cigar, but it is packing it flavor-wise. I agree. And I love it. I love this cigar. I've been smoking it for quite some time. I can see why. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a a very consistent smoke, too. And uh, Perdomo's very good at doing things consistently. They're very talented with that. He's also uh, extremely
2: debonair. Every time uh, we cross paths, he met my wife one time. Always asks how she's doing by name. Nice. Which to me is the sign of a a true gentleman. Absolutely. Uh, But when we come back, there's only 30 more minutes to go in this madness. We're making it, guys. And uh, we'll see if we manage to pull off the show without a boss. Uh, we'll take a peek into the Asylum with Derek and the Classic 3-Way, which David prepared before he left, so I'll get to defend my title. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network.
1: Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice it's sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter, outstanding. Rough Rider Cigars.
2: The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Provada Number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit drewdiplomat.com. That's drewdiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older
4: and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes.
0: Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar and Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, the collection is available in three distinct wrappers aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours?
1: Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez.
7: What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake jose dominguez not singing a song if that's what you think you're doing what i
1: am doing is creating what is known as a donut hey nobody's going to take away your donut no a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again the
7: information is the filling of the donut why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts i don't know
5: Nelson Alfonso offers three Byron blends honoring all three centuries of Byron Siglo 19, Siglo 20, and Siglo 21. Other cigars sit in an aging room for 60 days, but every Byron cigar sits in an aging room for a period of at least one full year. Then and only then, into ultra luxurious porcelain jars and state of the art cigar humid tubes packaging. Sure, Byron's packaging is unique and costly to produce. But nothing else will do for a cigar of this quality and taste. Byron cigars, cigars of poetry, sophisticated. Byron.
2: Hi, this is Nick Perdomo. Hi, this is Nicholas Perdomo Jr. Perdomo Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar
5: Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we're
2: back live from the La Florida Dominicana Cigar Studio today, a two guys smoke shop in Salem, New Hampshire, snowy Salem, New Hampshire. We got a couple of bags if we have time for them. And we'll guest a birthday in a classic three-way. We'll also have Derek taking a peek into the asylum.
3: Welcome back to The Cigar Authority. And you are listening to The Cigar Authority, the only show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location and the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist. We demand. Demand it. That you light up along with us. Tune into thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on YouTube and iTunes, Podbean, where you can set it and
2: forget it. And Facebook Live. And Facebook Live. So the big question at the end of the show would be... Will I still have a job on Monday? <laughs> you or we? <laughs> Let's pluralize that. Yeah. Well, you could all you know, say, hey, he was in control. It's his fault. No, we don't do that. We're gentlemen. But I, I think we've been doing good enough where we uh, deserve to celebrate a little bit. Um, Whoa. We're, we're smoking Whoa. a bourbon barrel-aged cigar. Yes, we are. And uh, I actually cleared this with the boss before he left. <laughs> uh, but I figure if we're smoking a bourbon barrel-aged cigar, we should smoke a, uh, drink a little bit of bourbon. Uh, so I picked up a bottle of Eagle Rare, and uh, I know nice. nothing about bourbon. I've never been a bourbon drinker, so I had you know I'm looking at the Woodford Reserve. I'm looking at all these different brands, but the one bottle I kept seeing on social media was the uh, Eagle Rare. Let
4: me get you a glass up there, Barry. I need you know what I haven't drank at all,
2: so uh, I'm going uh, to pass that over to Derek and uh, let's get this going. Let Derek going. pour, and uh, I, I think we deserve to uh, have a little celebration, even though it is about uh, 25 minutes left. Yep. We'll you know, can't celebrate too early. You know, we can't pull the Atlantic Falcons. things out in the bag and, you know, <laughs> have oh. an epic
4: collapse. They thought it was done, man. They thought it was done. Well, you yeah. know what's
3: funny is that I think Lady Gaga kind of gave an omen during her halftime show. I got to hear I, this. I, I got to hear this. I mentioned this on the Ash Holes the other day. Okay. And um, so at the end of Lady Gaga's – Performance at the halftime show. She's standing at the end of the stage, and she has her arms open. She catches a ball, jumps off the stage, and disappears. And that's what happened to Atlanta's defense. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Sarah. That so was an omen.
4: Well played. As far as I'm concerned. What did you think as a musician yourself? Yeah. What did you think of her performance?
3: It was good. It was a good mashup. Yeah. I, re- I liked it. It was, uh, it was well composed. I liked how she got on the piano. She did not lip sync, which... For some reason, I don't know why people think that's some amazing feat nowadays that they didn't lip-sync, I know. but you knew that was her. She was you, no Mariah Carey. No, no, no. Nope. <laughs> right. Or Millie Vanilli. Or Milli Vanilli. <laughs> that's going way back. Yeah, yeah. Was, I'm, I'm not a fan of Lady
2: Gaga, but on Sunday on the Grammy, she's going to be teaming up on stage with Metallica. Pretty awesome. Which is, you know, Pretty two awesome. different genres, so I'm looking forward to that. But I, don't think, I think the best halftime show ever yeah. was, was U2. You think so? Yeah, with the whole scrolling of the 9-11 victims behind them and Bono ending the set by opening his jacket with the American flag sewn into his jacket. Yeah. For me, that was hands down the best, the best Super Bowl performance. I, yeah. I'd, have to, I'd probably have to agree. I'm trying to think what else is
4: memorable. Janet Jackson, but that's not really best performance. Right. It was
2: more memorable for what happened at the end. Yeah. A little malfunction. A little yeah. malfunction. Prince yeah. was pretty good. Prince is good. I, I'm a huge oh, Tom Petty man. fan,
4: so I really enjoyed Petty's uh, halftime show. That was against the Giants, so it's kind of a bittersweet mm-hmm. moment. But uh.
3: now, as as a musician and uh, watching all these halftime shows over the years, which I do watch, I, honestly, I'm not a huge fan no. of many sports. No, <laughs> I am not. I I like the music aspect, and uh, the, now that you mentioned Prince, he is one of the most. Underrated guitarist in the world. Agreed. Uh, And during that Super Bowl performance, he rocked it. I I was getting chills and goosebumps just watching him totally dominate the stage. His presence was like no one else's. And, and it was raining, so all this equipment's getting wet. Right, as soon as purple rain started, and it, it, it the, started the skies raining. Up. And that it, it yeah. was just like so perfectly time for that to happen.
4: My favorite Prince quote it's not even by Prince, you guys have heard this probably a million times, but they asked um, Eric Clapton who your favorite guitarist is. He said, I don't yeah. know, ask Prince.
3: Yeah. I, I think they said. What's it like being the greatest yes, guitarist thank you, on earth? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. i don't the last prince.
2: Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah, he, amazing. At the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they uh, they inducted, um, it was probably the Beatles, uh, but they're all up on stage. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been George Harrison solo. But he did this solo for when my guitar uh, gently weeps. Yes. That was not only insane, it yeah. was a silent work. Petty order. was on stage for that too. Yeah. He sang. Well, totally missed my segue. What's it segue? was a silent It order. was insane. Oh, <laughs> did, I just,
4: did I just hack job that? Yep. They're coming to take me away, haha, they're coming Barry, to They're even a fire with away. these uh segues, kid. So, oh, know.
2: will be happy
4: to see those nice young men in their white coats and they're coming to take me away.
3: I just picture Barry sitting on his bed looking in the mirror, going, You can do this. Yes, you can do this. i I had a water boy moment this I morning. I'm strong, <laughs> I am
4: successful, and people like me.
3: And it is time for some news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by our friends at Asylum Cigars Take No Prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80. Asylum Cigars Take No Prisoners. So... The caffeine in this cup of coffee isn't the only thing that will wake you up. The price tag will too. Extraction Labs, a new Java joint in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, New York, that just opened last Friday, is serving up the most expensive cup of coffee in the country at a whopping $18. Annie Gardner, a 30-year-old actress who was on her lunch break, called it a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to try America's priciest coffee. She usually adds cream, but skipped it because she didn't want to ruin it. The shop's brew called the Jeremy Zang Geisha, which is not to be confused with the Mr. Jonathan Loves Men blend that comes with extra cream. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this blend is a rare Ethiopian Arabiaca <laughs> bean that is grown in Panama and made, like all shops' coffees, in a $7,000 coffee maker called the Steampunk. Brooklyn is already buzzing about the new coffee shop, though not everyone is willing to swallow the cost of this cup of coffee. That's not only insane, that's asylum.
4: They're coming to take me away, haha. They're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, haha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. <laughs> and I'll be
1: happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That was good, John Jonathan would have no problem swallowing it. <laughs> uh, the following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com, and it comes from Peter A., who says, I've been a listener since the whole FDA cigar apocalypse thing started, and I've been following along pretty closely. But I would imagine that many cigar smokers are in the same situation as I am when it comes to actually understanding the application process that the FDA is imposing on these poor guys. Please correct me if I'm wrong, But from my understanding, the basic idea is that if you weren't an established cigar line before the predicate date of 2007, then you have to submit an application that divulges all possible information on the cigar and pay a fee, which he says is $10,000, but that's debatable. It could be a lot more. As for what happens after that, maybe you guys can give us the cliff notes. Are they facing an approved versus denied situation after submitting their application? And if they are approved, does that mean they can go on and exist? If they did not meet the predicate date. Thanks in advance, as always, keep doing what you're doing. So what the issue I'm is... I'm glad you
4: chose this question because I legitimately have been thinking the same thing. I've been following you guys. I'm stalking you guys mm. on Facebook. There's been a lot of news releases. Mm. And this is one of the things that I'm a little
2: unclear on, Barry. So basically, if your cigar came out after the predicate date... Yeah, 2007. You, 2007, February 15th, I think. Okay. Um, you would have to file a substantial equivalence. You would have to prove... English. That you would have to prove that your cigar is basically the same thing as a cigar that's already on the market. At that point, the FDA will vote to approve or deny your cigar. If they deny it, you can no longer sell it. If they approve it, you go on business as usual. So the judge, the juror, and? The executioner. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Awesome. Since they enacted this in the cigarette industry, there has been no new brands that have <laughs> been approved, let alone have they been looked at, to go through the process of approval. Roger that. Roger that. Now, there is a cigarette conglomerate, be it Philip Morris or somebody else, that filed for substantial equivalence using the same exact cigarette as, let's say, Lucky Strike. Okay. Put it in a different box with a different branding. It's basically the same exact cigarette Mm -hmm. has not been approved. Denied. Denied. Or non-existent. It's all a farce. They have not looked at it. They have no desire to look at it. They don't have the people in place to look at it. It's just there in purgatory. Because that, that could be a huge life
4: raft for a lot of manufacturers. Yeah.
3: If they allow it. If yeah. they allow it. If they allow if it. Because they, yeah. they, they could take your money and be like, yeah, we looked at it, but sorry. Yeah.
2: And this week the FDA put out on their website a, a database so of cigars that meet the predicate date that came out before then that could be listed in this database. And the database is actually optional, whether or not people want to be part of it from what I understand. Uh, but it would provide a good, uh, a good resource for people who are looking to prove substantial equivalence. But the good thing is, like, when they disclose their blend, the FDA keeps it public, uh, keeps it private, rather. Yeah. Um, just like Coca-Cola, their secret recipe has never been disclosed. Right, right, But the FDA knows exactly what's in Coca-Cola. So here's the question. Is this a win or a loss? Or is it TBD? It's TBD. Um, but as it stands right now in the cigarette industry, it's a loss. Yeah. Because if, they, if the cigarette has gone through this for a much longer period of time, right. and the fact that they haven't gotten anything approved yet yeah. just proves that the FDA, has no desire what's, to allow free marketplace. What's Dave's pulse on this? Because he's got
4: a pretty good pulse on things, you know? And he's a firm believer that history repeats itself. So I have to imagine that he's probably under the belief that it's a loss. I don't I,
2: mean, I don't know how he feels privately but yeah. publicly. He's kept a pub, uh, a positive attitude. Okay. Like he believes something can happen, you know, be it Tom Price decides to um, overseeing the FDA, disguised to uh, remove the cigar language from uh, from the uh, bill. Yeah, um, that would be a plus. So there's also hope. Uh, we tried to get language into the agriculture bill at the end of last year. Yeah, and we had hoped that it would have carried over into the emergency budget that was passed before Obama left office. Um, they removed the language, and they passed a temporary budget that got the gets the government to... Um, sometime in April mm-hmm. So when the, a new budget goes before Trump There's hope that the language will be put back Into the agriculture bill Which will be tied into the budget right. And if it's tied into the budget uh, It could be removed Three words man 28 to 3 Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. you feel me? Yeah. I feel you Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's time for uh, my other favorite part of the show It's a uh, classic three way Brought to you by Classic Cigars
7: You've heard of
1: Yes, baby! They did where came from, yeah!
7: Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown and nutty overtones. That's undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at Two twoguyscigars.com, that's Two twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar.
2: So last Saturday, right after the show, David uh, put together the Classic 3-Way. He put together the notes for the Classic 3-Way with the year of birth redacted. Before we continue,
4: and I know this is legit, all right, but there is a a large sense of skepticism in me. I am just a little worried that Barry, for the record, is holding this sheet. He's been in possession for it. I'm just saying. It, It was not here until I came in this morning. Let it be on record that Chuck (laughs) is a little suspect. (laughs) And all the
2: answers are in a sealed envelope. Sure, (laughs) sure. Because that's hard to talk Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Put it over boiling water. I steam steam them open, and I reclosed them, and I got all the answers so I can once again defend my championship. I know how important it is Uh, to you. But today's date is February 11th. The winner that is the closest without going over
4: wins the point. Okay,
2: He has... Six birthdays listed And the first one is Jennifer Aniston Who's it going to? It'll go to me I am the reigning champion <sighs> okay. TV actress Her role is Rachel Green on Friends Earned her an Emmy Award A Golden Globe Award And a SAG Award For a performance in the film The Good Girl She received a nomination for an Independent Spirit Award She's also starred in such films as Cake Bruce Almighty Horrible Bosses Office Space And We Are the Mirrors uh, The Millers Jennifer, Great movie by the way I didn't see that one. I saw the others, uh, but Jennifer Aniston. It's a, weed, it's a weed movie, so naturally I like it. <laughs> uh, 1969.
3: I'm going
4: 1964. Wow, wow. Barry, written down 1969. Ooh. all right. The answer
2: is 1969. Two wow. Points wow. On me and Chuck. wow! What? Yeah, all of a sudden, had is so- yeah. fix written all yeah. over oh, it. Barry, is- yeah, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Voter
3: fraud. Rigged.
2: Yeah. And the second one is uh, Thomas Edison. Going to Derek? Going to Derek. Okay. Inventor who invented the light bulb, the phonograph, and the motion picture camera and became a legend for contributions to the telecommunications industry. With over 1,000 U.S. patents in his name, he
3: is considered the most prolific inventor in history. For the record, he did not invent the light bulb. He reinvented it. Who invented it? Some other guy. Tesla that doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, apparently, because no one knows his name. Okay. I'm going. Is this me? Yes. This is you? I go eighteen. Did you write it down. I'm currently writing it. I'm going nine. Uh, sorry, 1874. Okay, Barry, I have 1850.
2: I thought I was going to be wrong, but it's just 1732. But I think you guys might be over. And the answer is. Go to set. Yeah. <laughs> The winner, Look at
4: the smile on his face right now. He is licking through. his chops. Totally oh. What did you say? Uh,
3: 1874. You're over. What did you say? 1850. You're over. It's 1847. Wow. Oh. Wow. Oh, Barry gets another point. Yeah, yeah. Barry, Barry's wow. winning?
2: Wow. Jeb Bush, politician. This goes to you, Chuck. All right. Son of President George H.W. Bush and brother of President George W. Bush, what? former governor of Florida and Republican candidate for president. And I'm going to do the math. Don't give me your answer yet. Uh, we're going to go. Okay. Uh, I'm going
4: to write it. I'm just going to write it. I'm playing against it. it's it's already, the game's already over. I mean, <laughs> yeah.
3: it's been predetermined. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. White Sox fan, huh? Yeah. Uh, I have 1933.
3: I got 1964.
2: Going 1959, and the answer is 1953. Chuck, you uh, said? 33. Chuck gets the wow. point. Wow,
4: just tied it up with the three. B-C. Three yeah. to yep. three to zero. I'll fight. Derek, I'll fight for this. Okay. Yeah.
3: Okay. There's no, there's no quitting. Focus, no. baby. Focusing. <laughs> Today's the uh,
2: birthday of another politician, and goes to me, former governor of Alaska, Sailor Palin, who was also a Republican candidate for the U.S. vice presidency. Her book, Going Rogue, was New York Times' number one bestseller, and she won an Alaska state championship as the captain of her basketball team. Sarah Palin was born in 1963. I'm going 62. 1955, etched in ink. I think Shucks got it. I know I got it. I feel like I'm at the Oscars and, and the winner goes to <laughs> yeah. it. I know, right? Just get a little drum roll. Wait for it. What did you write down?
4: 1963. What did you have, Derek? 62. I had 55. 1964. <laughs> Why did we even ask? <laughs> Why did we even ask? Uh,
2: score check? Can we get a score check? Four to three for Chuck to zero for Derek. Obviously really taking the role of Mr. Jonathan to heart today. <laughs> uh, today's birthday is also the bandit, Burt Reynolds. Hampson actor who in movies such as Smoking the Bandit, Cop and a Half, and Boogie Nights. Burt Reynolds was born today in what year? Oh, see, he was going to say it. He knows it. I already have my answer <laughs> written down.
3: All right. All right. All right. Who's this going to? I am not going over this term. 900 A.D. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: Is that your final answer? Final answer. You're going to lock
5: that in.
3: Locking it in. All right. got to write something
4: down here. Burt Reynolds was born. Uh, he's got to be in his 60s. 60... All right. Uh, 1950 locked in.
2: Shut up. Uh, 1940, 1936. I had 41.
3: Do I win? No. Oh, my oh, wait, God. I'm You're over. So, yes, you won. Yes. Yes, he gets a yeah. point. He's on the board. With 900 AD. <laughs> Four to three to one. Uh, and the
2: last one, Chuck, you need this uh, one to tie to get it direct to uh, yeah. get two points. To win, two points of the win. Yep. I believe it goes to you. It does, sir. And uh, she set uh, sail on a faithful trip. Uh, Tina Louise, movie actress who played Ginger in Gilligan's Island, Ginger. was born today, February 11th. Her birthday is... Oh, because Gilligan just died. Hold on. Don't answer that because I'm doing math.
4: I know. Me too. Hold on. Ah, you're making me think. Riveting radio right here. I got it. I got it. All right. I got it too. 1943.
2: 1936.
3: 1930.
2: And the answer is... For the win. For the championship. 1934. Chuck, you had... Way over 43. And you had... 30. Point for Derek. Point for Derek. Are we,
3: is anyone tied?
2: No. no that would it, be... Is it, you and Chuck tied, but I I once oh, again... Hold on yeah. to my Derek, championship. For a million dollars, who do you think won? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> really. I had to keep it close yeah. at the end. Really. And the Classic Three Way has been brought to you by Classic Cigars. Pick one up today, cheater. I did not cheat.
4: <sighs> Dave, I don't know, man. I think we have to, like... Implement a safe or fingerprint technology <laughs>
3: or or just give it to me next time. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Maybe maybe a member from the audience. Yep. I tell you what, March fourth we're doing this again. Yep. Dave and Jonathan will be in Cuba. Yep. Uh going with Jessica from the Salem store. Nice. Um maybe we'll have uh Dave give the envelopes to uh Mr. Frank Corey. Yeah. And uh he's trustworthy. I trust Frank or Sean or any of these guys. All right. So there goes that. Frank will be That's in Florida. Right. Sean will be in the middle of tax season. Yeah. I'm surprised he's here. I'm glad to see him. So one of the other regulars, will have to make sure that they get the envelopes. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll invite them up on the show What's for not- that segment to to read all the clues. What's not put the cart in front of the horse? Is there
4: going to be another show for us?
2: How'd we do? I think so. I think was we, this an epic feel? I, think I feel we, like it was. No, I think we did well. You think so? A little sports heavy. I don't think Dave's going to like the show. I know. I think it's going to be a I'm little sorry, too Dave. much sports for him. Yeah. Yeah. And Jonathan, the only sport he likes is ballroom dancing, which really isn't a sport. That's right. That's right. I think we did all right. I think we did all right.
3: Yeah. Not terrible. It wasn't a total train wreck. Barry cool.
2: was kneeling with those segments, so I won't yeah. lie. Yeah. It, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, but we have time for another mailbag. Uh, this just in. No more sports. Yeah, Jonathan gives me a mailbag of a company looking to advertise life insurance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Roger that. (laughs) That one we did last week. Uh, That one we did a few weeks ago. Do I need to fire up some of these for you? Yeah, I think so. All right. uh, Paul wrote that uh, he loves the faster download times for the podcast. Great job, Barry. I can't take credit for that because that's all Podbean. Um, But I'll have to make sure that we have better mailbags next week. Uh, But we are smoking the – or March 4th. But we are smoking the Berdomo Habano – Bourbon Barrel Aged Maduro. Which,
4: by the way, pairs perfectly with this bourbon. What was the name of that bourbon This again? bourbon
2: is Eagle Rare. Eagle Rare. I'm a fan of it. Yeah, man. And I'm not a bourbon guy, no. but as a scotch drinker, this is extremely smooth. It's very smooth. And it's bringing out the flavors of the cigar. Yeah. I'm picking up a little bit
3: more of the sweetness of, of the cocoa. Yeah. Um, and I think they match really well. If you take a sip of the bourbon, swallow it, and then immediately take a puff of your cigar... All right. It it totally opens up the smoke because there there is a little bit of, of rye in this mix, hmm. and that adds pepperiness to your palate, which is somewhat kind of lingering in the background of the Perdomo Habano Barrel-Aged Maduro. When you take that sip and then you take that puff, that pepper from the rye brings out that black pepper that's in the cigar that's hiding. Now, Derek, when you smoke, do you often, do you personally... Pair your cigars when I can.
2: I do. Do you have a a pairing of a specific cigar with a specific drink that stands out yes. above anything else? <sighs> Not really.
4: Oh, time I, out. No, no. I got to follow up here because you can't say not really. You're, you're a craft, guy, craft beer yeah. guy, right? Yeah. So uh, IPAs or do you like sours? I or? don't
3: like pairing IPAs with cigars. They're really? too bitter and I think they ruin your palate I for agree. the cigar. I IPA was and a cigar to me is the worst it's not. It's not a good combo, is it? No. I really like because in my cigars I like a creamy aspect to them. Mm-hmm. So I tend to actually lean towards Belgian beers okay. and wit beers, white beers, uh, one of my personal favorites, it's a local brand called Newburyport Brewing Company, and they have a beer called Plum Island Belgium White. That is my favorite all-time Belgium white beer. It blows everything out of the water that I've ever had. Hmm. And they're local. They're half hour away from us.
4: We should have them on sometime. We should do a pairing show.
3: We should definitely yeah. do a pairing Maybe show. Maybe for that March, uh, was
4: it March 4th? Maybe March
2: 4th. The, 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 one of the segments will be how to properly pair your cigars yeah. with specific types of alcohol. Yeah. Without, yeah,
4: yeah. This
2: and, is good. And I don't know about you, but I, I'm willing to label this show a success. I'm sure well, that, well, uh, I don't know. Great success. I'm sure Dave will weigh in next week when he returns because he will be sure as heck that he's listening to it in Esteli. Uh But next week, we'll be getting the band back together. Look at his ash. Look at Derek's ash. Show that on the camera. That is impressive, baby.
5: David, nice.
2: Mr. J are back from Nicaragua, and we might just be having a special live in studio guest. Until then, you have been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network.
3: And while you're smoking your Perdomo Habano bourbon barrel aged Maduro, always be sure to keep the lit end out of your mouth.
0: That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stoby heaven. With
7: a million choices, it's heaven. Jo-